When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On today's episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, there's no special guest, but we dive into Vanderbilt's 2021 recruiting class. As we promised you, we give a breakdown on the top players in Clark Lee's first recruiting class and the amount of credit that should be given to Derek Mason's staff, especially Taylor Cyril's and Javon Hay, the two that were um, retained on this staff. So definitely something to look forward to there. We also dive into Earl Bennett joining Clark, Clark Lee's staff and also Vanderbilt and Auburn. We broadcast live right as that game is going on. So we got all that and much more coming right up here on the Door Report, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors. You're listening to the Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation. Anchor down. Welcome back into the Door Report. It is episode 70 on a Tuesday night. It's February 9th, 2021. We are, as always, presented by Alaco Finewood Floors. There's no special guest today, Will, but we, we uh, that means we get a lot of time here to kind of break down the recruiting class uh, from 2021. We'll talk about Earl Bennett joining the staff uh, with Clark Lee. No fans at Hawkins Field, so that's disappointing. But, Will, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to make it a, a, a little bit quicker, but uh, and it's always good to, to kind of take a break from the guests. Yeah, good to actually be able to not say a shortened first segment because I think we said that for what we five have or one, six episodes one first in a row. segment. <laughs> yeah, so um, we we do have a lot to touch on. There's not a we don't have a preview of the Auburn game because actually we are recording this right at the beginning of yep. the Auburn game because we didn't have many other options with scheduling. So we'll, we won't uh, preview that and we won't have a reaction because it's going on right now. Yeah, it's going on right now. We'll just go to play by play. We'll just uh, so people can go back and listen to us uh, for the play-by-play. But yes, Auburn Vandy they are tipping off right as we speak. Uh, Vanderbilt's actually up what four nothing. Will just report six nothing now. Six nothing. Okay, this is going to be interesting to go back and listen to. But before we get back to breaking news, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at door underscore report and Instagram door dot report. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, go give our podcast five stars and a review on iTunes. All right, it's time now for breaking news. Today's breaking news is brought to you by the Recycling Dudes. You may ask, who are the Recycling Dudes? Well, they're brothers Graydon and Chapman and their dad. Drew Smith, who is a Metro Nashville firefighter living in Westmead. The Recycling Dudes recognize the need for a service that would take glass to the recycling for busy homeowners who care about our environment. They pick up your glass, separate it, and take it to be recycled. They offer monthly service as well as one-time party pickup, starting as low as $10 per month. All you have to do is sign up on their website at RecyclingDudes.com. All right, Will, it's time to break it down. The 2021 recruiting class this was something we've been talking about for, for quite a while because of how intact it stayed, which was 
really incredible. I mean, we, we've touched on it a little bit uh, a couple episodes ago, and, and we, we knew we were going to have a chance to break down this class uh, sometime. So now's the time. And for Clark Lee's first class, I don't think it could have been much better. It's, it's still 48th in the nation, according to 24-7 sports, 13th in the SEC. But, Will, real quick before we kind of start diving into players, I know we touched on it a couple episodes ago, but, again, the, the, a lot of the credit goes to those former staffers under Coach Mason, but also guy, a couple of people that are still on the staff now, Javon Hay and Taylor Cyrils, really. Yeah, the class is isn't eye popping. It's not uh, you know a record breaking class for Vanderbilt or anything like that. But the fact that it is a top fifty class, even on twenty four seven sports composite ratings, it's number yeah. thirty three on Rivals, I believe. They maintained Marcus Bradley, their top recruit, who uh, is ranked on twenty four seven, I believe, one hundred ninetieth mm-hmm. um, in the country. So keeping a lot of those recruits, even even the mid guys that that you see on there, like C.J. Taylor, who hadn't officially signed yet. Uh, it's very impressive from Lee, and I think a lot of that credit probably goes to Candace Story Lee and Javon yeah. Hay. Um, Javon Hay is a very fo- vocal recruiter, which is probably why he was maintained on that staff, and yeah. he did a hell of a job filling needs on that defensive line. No doubt, and, and that's why they retained, as you mentioned, Will, those D linemen. Marcus Bradley uh, at 6'3", 270 is a guy that I think will – He, I'm not going to say he's going to start right away, but this guy's going to play a lot next year, and 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 he's definitely a guy to watch um, out of Maryland. And and you know he's a guy that kind of came along with Tank Sujic, who you know right when we got Tank, it was kind of like okay, this Javon Hay is 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 kind of building something over there with with the D lineman. They're both from Maryland, so those are two guys that will we've never really we haven't seen a whole lot of in these recruiting classes. We've seen D linemen. But we haven't seen guys like this with the size they have. They're both about 6'3". They're in the 280, 290 range. So, again, and, and if we can develop them w- with Clark Lee's recruiting vision, these two guys can honestly, will I'd say, be up there w- with a couple, two of the best D-linemen they've ever had just because yeah. of the talent. When you go back and, and read about it with Vanderbilt and defensive linemen, I, I don't mean to say that they've never had talented defensive linemen. <laughs> but when – Look at guys and NFL uh, NFL players they've produced. The offensive line, really, they've produced quite a few pros um, yeah. into at pretty much every position except defensive line. And yeah. I don't know why that is. I think that's going to change with Dio Odangbo because he's probably the most just raw, talented defensive lineman that they've ever had and an NFL-ready guy. But yeah. you're losing your two most productive guys from a defensive line that really, really struggled this most recent year. And yeah. you lose your two best from a bad defensive line, that, that's not looking t- good. Yeah. So filling that need with six uh, defensive linemen in this class, including Marcus Bradley and Tank Sujic, like you mentioned, that, that are two of the higher rated guys in the class and seem to be kind of a tandem package. Um, was a really good job by by Derek Mason and that staff before because those mm-hmm. like I, like we talked about last podcast this is still Derek Mason's class yeah this isn't Clark Lee's Clark Lee maintained Derek Mason's class which is a very impressive feat uh, but we won't really see the new recruiting strategy and new guys that Clark and the staff really want to bring in until this uh, next cycle of recruiting in 2022. Cool. And that's going to be fun. That's going to be really fun to see what they build. Um, again, not looking for them to kind of. Not looking for them to skyrocket, but definitely be hopefully within the top 40. Um, and even to be in the top 30 would be a huge um, achievement there. Another D lineman that we didn't mention, though, Will, in this class is Devin Lee, a guy who's like who's 6'3, 285. Uh, he's an 86 rating on 24 7. Pretty far back in the national rating, but he's 
44th at his position. So he's a guy out of Georgia that they got from the South. It was, he, he was, Ole Miss was, uh, was after him as well. So again, those three D linemen, I think you're going to see part of this core with Javon Hay of, of developing these guys and trying to get them, you know, some, some big time playing time. Let's go to some of the skill position guys. Now will um, specifically offensively, and the first guy you look at is Quincy Skinner Jr., St. Thomas Aquinas out of Fort Lauderdale. And watching this guy's film, I don't know if you have. He is he's legit. Will he? He's got speed. He's 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 got solid height at six one. And and I think he's a guy uh, that again can 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 see playing time at the beginning. James Ziegler the third, another guy out of Georgia. Dylan Betts Polly, a, a big running back. So, you know, again, these aren't eye popping guys, Will, but. That, that Skinner kid, I think, in a loaded receiver room, I think will get, an, again, a, a chance to play early. Yeah, the the positions that really didn't need additions are pretty obvious if you watched the team at all last year. The wide receiver um, depth is really solid, especially with Chris Pierce coming back. Mm-hmm. And that was the bright spot of this offense. And then tight end, obviously, or they're, they're very deep with Gavin Schoenwald yeah. and um, a few other guys that-, that Bresnahan, yeah. Yeah, Bresnahan, that's the name that was slipping my mind. And, and they brought in a lot of recruits in the previous classes for those two. And running back and uh, offensive line, but that's not a skill position. We're trying to stick with skill <laughs> here, but- Receiving offensive receiver, line. Man. Wide receiver was not really a need. Tight end was not really a need. Quarterback was not really a need. What was, was running back. They did not have one guy that took over that backfield. You thought uh-huh. um, Ken Henry Brooks was going to be able to take over and he really couldn't stay healthy consistently. And he just still needs to put on weight to be an every down back. And they addressed that. They brought in three guys. Uh, two committed, um, obviously with uh, Patrick Smith. Yep, Patrick I talked Smith. About last time, whose tape really jumps off the jumps off the screen when yeah. you watch it. And then uh, the one that's kind of flown under the radar for me is Raymond Davis. From yes, yes. He, he had a very very productive season um, his freshman year, and then kind he of did. fell behind some guys and and had some injuries and, and couldn't really play. But his freshman season. He ran the ball 193 times for 936 yards and eight yeah. touchdowns. So and those are those are eye popping. You know, we talk about yeah. eye popping. That pops out to you no matter what conference you're in. So exactly. I think with Ray Davis, he's he's a bigger back, but I think he's going to complement really well with Keon Henry Brooks because Keon Henry he's not the biggest guy. We know, you know, hopefully he develops a lot in the weight room this year. But you got Ray Ray Davis behind him, and then you even look behind with Patrick Smith also in the in the backfield, and and then even you know, um, some other guys back there who, who didn't play a whole lot because they're behind Keon Henry Brooks, but the running back core again, will be improved in Norval McKenzie. I mean, there's not a better coach Vanderbilt could have at that position. Um, so will again, this class is it, (laughs) I think you hit it on, hit it on the head. It doesn't pop out to you as, as a, a wow class, but it's a class that was solid and, and they maintained, something that, you know, that Derek Mason worked really hard to even get to. Um, so again, this was something that, that we've been looking at for a long time and, and definitely are going to be continue to look at, but will it's time now to touch on a guy that Clark Lee has added, who was a special, special player on West end. His name is Earl Bennett. He has joined coach Lee's staff. He has hired two more staff members. Um, he hired them on Monday, of course, Earl Bennett as the director of player development. And then Kayleen Curry, um, she will be the director of mental performance, which I think is is 
that's that's kind of eye-popping in a way that didn't think that would happen. But with Clark Lee, we've learned that really anything, any kind of hire can happen. Um, obviously, Earl Will, um, so many Vanderbilt fans' favorite player, uh, and, and he was inducted into the Hall of Fame back in 2017. He played three years at Vandy, and he left as the SEC's all-time leader in career receptions. He was 70th overall pick in 2008 by Chicago and had a solid, you know, that's four or five years in Chicago. So um, huge hire. I mean, there's, there's just no if, ands or buts about it. When I saw this, I was shocked. I was shocked in a, in a good way because I think Jackson uh, sent it in the doorport chat and, and I was stunned. I didn't think when I pre- clicked on that link, that's what I was going to see Earl Bennett joining the staff, but knowing Clark Lee, this is another guy that I think Vanderbilt fans are starting to realize, especially alums will that, Hey, maybe I want to go check them out, go visit, maybe even think about joining them on the staff. This is a kind of hire that gets eyes on the program that people just haven't really been looking at Vanderbilt football as often. Yeah, you can never wrong bringing back either of the guys of uh, Jordan Matthews or Earl Bennett. I think Jordan Matthews is a little little further away from moving into coaching ranks yeah. and possibly, but Earl Bennett is my favorite football player in general mm. ever um he was my the first guy that i was a huge fan of at vanderbilt the that's when i really stud. became a fan with jay cutler and earl bennett and somewhere floating around i have no idea where it is i'm about eight or nine years old uh at door jam posed next to earl <laughs> bennett so the door we gotta, jam <laughs> we got to get back to that man i do i'm ready i'm, I'm hoping that they'll uh actually be able clark, to have clark will open it up he'll open it up for him. but, but I, I'm a really big fan of what they've done with um, bringing in NFL experienced guys and guys that have had success at this program because yeah. they're going to be the most devout um, proponents of that program because they've had success there. They've built NFL careers there. They've enjoyed their time there and they're wanting to come back and reinvest in that program. And that passion is going to show through over to recruits. Um, and hopefully that's that's what we talked about in the first part of this of this uh, segment. But um, bringing in better better players, it's not about the X's and those. It's about the Jimmys and the Joes, <laughs> and that's something to keep an eye on. This entire rest of the year is how well Clark can capitalize on uh, this momentum and get some early commitments from guys. Yeah, because we we talk about this beginning, um, you know, part of a coach's tenure. It's really important. You're not much on the field is happening. You're not. You haven't started practice yet, but. For a guy like Earl Bennett to join the staff, we talked about it before we went on air. Will he's going to be he's going to be in that receiver room a little bit? I mean, being as good of a receiver as he is, he'll be developing those receivers. And will another thing that stands out to me about this cl- this class, this staff as a whole, is the the NFL coaching experience, which I think Clark he purposefully went that route. As deliberate as he is, he wants to make Vanderbilt a place where. Players can they they're confident in their abilities and, and and they know okay I go to Vanderbilt I'm gonna get developed they they got the hashtag trending now come get developed with with Earl Bennett so Vanderbilt has never really it seems like that hasn't really been um, a recruiting uh, aspect or, or benefit of Vanderbilt you know and now Clark has tapped into it and I think he's genius for it because why not I mean that he's already got the city deg- the degree the SEC. But why not add a fourth onto that? And, you know, again, a lot of these coaches might it, – it's going to take an adjustment for them to, to hop into SEC coaching. But, Will, I mean, why not make this a place where they can get developed, stay three, four, even, hell, five years for, for a fifth year and get developed and go to the NFL? I mean, why not? 
Yeah, they he brought in Earl Bennett, and I was still like not quite fully in yet because I just <laughs> I knew I it. I knew you were myself yeah. to do it. We were talking about it before, and it feels like every time you get your hopes up with Vanderbilt, and it, and the more you're like, there's no way that this can find a way to plummet down. So that and, took and her, you to the top. <laughs> yeah, that this that Earl Bennett hire brought me to the top, like how I was all in on Bryce Drew when he got the commitments from Darius Garland and Aaron oh. Neesmith. Hopefully, hopefully it ends up a little bit better. And, that, and that's why I'm, I held off until he hired Earl Bennett. And Billy, 100%, no doubt about it, I'm ready to get hurt again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, aren't we all? We're Vanderbilt fans. Come on. <laughs> I mean, we support Vanderbilt. We, for that's, punishment. Yeah, I mean, that, that's who we are as, uh, as fans. We've been through, um, you know, quite a bit. But, Will, I mean, in all seriousness, though, this, this staff is, is – is beyond impressive. I mean, this is, it's something that we talked about with, with coach Franklin, you know, obviously door report was not in existence back then, but when Franklin came initially, that was, it was something like, okay, it's an under the radar hire, you know, these coaches, these are solid coaches, but none of the, his assistants were really, um, you know, proven in the sec, which is, he, that's kind of similarities with Clark right now that not a ton of sec experience, but these guys have legitimate NFL experience and it's a good mix. A lot of young coaches, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of, but there's also a lot of guys with a lot of knowledge who aren't even, you know, who aren't even really in the prime of their career yet coaching, which is something really cool. Um, guys like Jesse Minter, who was with Georgia State. So uh, again, it's just something really, really exciting right now. Again, there's nothing happening on the field yet, but Vanderbilt is trending up, and it's something that 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 fans should be excited about and deserve to be excited about. So again, we'll we'll continue to monitor. Uh, kind of the staff I guess it's just going to keep they're just going to keep hiring coaches <laughs> I guess it just keeps growing I mean it's the biggest staff and it feels like the biggest staff in the country it's just yeah. after coach I and- mean they have a mental coach they have player <laughs> development they've got a scat I mean they got someone for for each job so um, Barton Simmons was joking about they're gonna need some more office space so uh, no doubt about it they might need a whole nother building but it's it, it sure is going to be fun to see um, kind of when it does end and then you look at the whole picture so um as we move on though will we're going to shift into baseball we've hit football we will hit basketball obviously they're going on right now Vanderbilt uh last I checked was up 12 10 so um again Vanderbilt off to a good start against Auburn but will on the baseball field um a very interesting piece of news came out today Earlier today, Vanderbilt University will allow a limited number of parents and family members of student athletes at Hawkins Field to start the season. Keyword to start. Um, A limited number of student athlete guests for visiting teams will also be allowed as required by the SEC. So that was required. That's not something Vanderbilt did um, on their own. This decision to continue limiting attendance at athletics events is based on the advice and guidance of Vanderbilt's public health partners, including the Vanderbilt University Medical Center and local public health officials. Vanderbilt will continue to evaluate the opportunity to welcome season ticket holders and fans as soon as possible at games based on the evolving conditions of the pandemic. Well, here's what I got on this. How much longer do they need? Like, how, how long, do, you know, what's it going to take for Vanderbilt to take that step to go 25%? Like that, I mean, they haven't shown us. They didn't, sh- football was all over the place. And, and this is, this is, I, I have so much respect for Candace Lee. We have, we have voiced our opinions on her. Um, and obviously we have disagreed with some of the things she's done, but we've also said she has done a tremendous job here at Vanderbilt. But I still continue to be baffled why, 
you have one of the best baseball programs in arguably the history of college baseball, and they will continue to, to, to be this good. But the fact that they will not have fans available to watch that team is absolutely ridiculous to me. So this obviously Vanderbilt University Medical Center is is very powerful in this case right now. Um, they it, obviously they're, they're top notch in America, really. Uh, so it, it is hard to uh, to go against them if you're Candace Lee, likely. But again, this is something that that needs to change. And, you know, if, if there aren't fans inside Hawkins Field sooner rather than later, I think there's going to be a lot of really upset Vanderbilt fans because they can't – they're not getting a chance to watch their best baseball team in the country. Um, yeah, so. once again, it, I'm not as angry. I When football did it, it it kind of made sense. It still didn't make sense. I voiced my disappointment with it. We're, we're past that. But it made more sense as far <laughs> as the rest of Nashville was concerned in Davidson County. And, yeah. and kind of how it was being treated yeah. and it didn't feel like we were on the downward trend. But the only thing that I can justify this with saying is they're doing it in this way because they know that the vaccine is coming quickly. Um, and at some point soon, a lot of the people that have a high risk associated with COVID for actual life-threatening illness are going to have that vaccine and then they can open 25% capacity, 50% capacity, so on. Mm-hmm. But I'm not I'm not saying that I agree with it. I, yeah. I don't understand how you can't safely social distance at Hawkins Field with a capacity of 3,700, at least a few fans, maybe really? not 25% capacity, maybe yeah. whatever you can possibly do and spread them out in that way. And they still haven't figured out a way to do that safely. But I think that the plan is likely to slowly integrate that as the vaccine is more readily available. So I'm not as upset about this as well, because a lot of the early baseball season doesn't have a ton of fans at it anyway. Right. Early season college baseball isn't a huge fan draw like even early season college basketball is. So we'll see if we get about closer to SEC play and closer to everything happening and and they're still not allowing fans in. That's, that's yeah, that's just what I was going to say because that will get to a point where where it is ridiculous because you know they're playing right state to kick off the season. I don't I'm not sure if there's any a ton of Vanderbilt fans that that would love to see if Vanderbilt wins that cuz they're going to win that series. But there are Vanderbilt fans out there, especially on the baseball side that have a ton of respect. They put money into this program as donors and I'm sure they are upset right now. Um but I'm also, you know, in agreement with the fact that there are Vanderbilt fans that understand, you know, what's at stake right now. There is a pandemic still going on. So I guess, you know, we're kind of in agreement here, Will. We see both sides, but at the same time, what, what's going to change? You know, I mean, we, we thought about the, you know, I mean, we're getting put a little political a little bit here now, but like, I, you know, I, I want to see something of structure where, okay, you know, we didn't see it with football. We've seen it with basketball. I mean, they, they've been consistent there. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we could we could talk about it for a while, but th- this baseball team is really good, and I just want people there to watch them. Yeah, I, mean, I, I want some fans there for the only <laughs> Vanderbilt athletic program that's top class, top notch in the SDC in the nation. But yeah. it, it's kind of bizarre when you can walk over. Vanderbilt is in Nashville, and you can walk over like a block down the road, and there are bars completely open full of people. That's that's and, the insane part. That That's yeah, what I was so kind of getting it, at. It's kind of just – it's just out of touch and it's great to stand on your high horse and say, look, we're being as precautious as possible, but I know students are going out to bars. They are. They are. They are. And they're college people, students. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to parties on campus right next to campus. And I know that fans who 
would go to the game anyway. If you're that scared of the virus, you're probably not going to be in attendance of the game anyway. Exactly. But it's a personal choice. And that's where I've stood from the beginning. Um, but, it, you know, I'm not extremely upset about this just because it feels like we were right on the cusp of actually moving yes. past it, but at least moving forward with it. I guess, you know, we were, like you said, Will, we were really excited to see, yes, there will be 15%, 20% fans at Hawkins Field, but we didn't get that. So there is kind of a little bit of a, a downer, you know, attitude with it. But again, this baseball team is still one of the best in the country. They'll, they'll continue to win. They'll have their families there. The, the road team will have families there. And hopefully, like you said, Will, once we get to SEC play, they will be able to have fans in attendance. Um well, that just about does it. Auburn at Vanderbilt is going on right now. Do you have an update, uh, Will? I, I saw Vanderbilt 16-4 is, run. Yeah, Vanderbilt is now down 16-12. to 12, So things are not mm. trending in the right direction. Uh, so I w- am going to watch the rest of this game. If I seem distracted or losing my train of thought, I've had my head turned. Uh, Billy, <laughs> see me on video here uh, trying to watch the game. Yeah, luckily we're not putting out the video of the door report yeah, anymore. <laughs> You're going to get a lot of the back of my head in it. So, um, but hoping that Stackhouse is going to make adjustments uh, throughout the rest of this game to kind of stymie that run. But once again, Vanderbilt's not being able to score points for long stretches. Yeah. And that's been a continuous problem throughout the year, but we'll see if that turns around. But I I have my doubts. (laughs) As um, you know, I mean, as we all do this, this team, obviously at one and seven, um, we'll see if they kind of end the season like they did last year. Um, you know, with a little bit of momentum, it was three wins, but, um, again, they, hopefully they get up to, if they get up to the five win mark in the sec, that would be, you know, obviously a very small improvement. Um, but you know, we will see, we're going to have to no special guests, but will it was a quickie. Um, you know, we can't, it, it, it is hard to talk about this basketball game because, um, you know, it's going on right now, but we got the breakdown in, um, you know, we got, we got some, some, some football talk in with, with Earl Bennett joining the staff. And will sneak peek that 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 man Earl Bennett might be joining pretty soon, pretty soon. Just stay tuned. I'm just sending it. If if that can happen, you'll make a nine-year-old will uh, jump for joy. Maybe happy. So that'll yeah, maybe that'll make you find the door jam um, autograph. Uh, that would probably, that. yeah, we got to get that out. Well, that does it here for episode 70 of the door report powered by Laco Finewood floors for myself, Billy Derek and Will Byram. You've been listening to the latest door report powered by Alaco Finewood floors.